simply is Coffee Shop, everyone. <laughs> With the Easter holiday fast approaching, have you ever wondered where the tradition of the Easter eggs, the Easter ham, the Easter bunny even came from? Today we are starting a two-part series talking about the darker side of Easter that so many Christians don't know about. So Donna, tell us a little bit about where Easter, the word even came from. So when you get into the Easter pagan roots conversation, you have two sides on that particular question. Now the word etymology is the study of the root of words. Yeah. So etymologically speaking, the root of the word Easter is a, a literal transliterated version of the goddess's name Ishtar. Oh, wow. And there is so much evidence that naturally backs that up. Mm -hmm. And one of the main pieces of evidence for why that backs that up is, is, is because if it's not for that explanation, we don't really know where the word came from. A lot of it really depends on what country, what culture, these people's legends that lead to yeah. the development of different yeah. words. Then there's this other group that says that whole etymological theory actually begins with Beedi or Bede. I've heard his name pronounced both ways, uh, but that's not really where it comes from. Okay. So the problem with that explanation is if Easter was uh, only started to be thought of as a pagan thing a few centuries back, right. then what do we do with all of these things that talk about the Queen of Heaven or the Weeping of Tammuz in the oh, wow. Old mm -hmm. Testament, mm. predating this theory by thousands of years? Yeah. Now, if you're listening to me, you're like, what did she just say? The, the weeping over who? The what? <laughs> right. Okay. So that's where a lot of the Easter roots come in, and we're going to explain a lot of that. There was a character in the Old Testament named Samaramis. Okay. Now, she was the mother of bad guy Nimrod of Genesis 10. Okay. She was also his wife. So right away, we get this weird Greek tragedy, mm -hmm. I'm my own grandpa mix of right. weird incesty nastiness. <laughs> Sam Ramis gave birth to Nimrod, then married him when he was of merit meritable age. And then he gets murdered. And according to this mystery cult religion that begins in the very beginning of time, he ascends into heaven and becomes the sun or the sun God. Okay. After he dies, his rays descends upon her and impregnates her from a very divine place. Mm. Are you already starting to see yeah, yeah. The correlation. How, how this mm. virgin birth, divine birth thing is a demonic mimicry yeah, of the sure. yes, someday sure. coming Messiah? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when Nimrod or Baal, the sun god, because he becomes oh, known as Baal, Baal. Okay. he impregnates her. Now, again, it's an etymological train wreck, but her name, therefore, to many different people in different cultures from that time forward becomes known as many, many things. Ostera, Eostre, Easter, uh -huh. Ishtar. You see, uh -huh. it's all an asteroid. Now, Ashtoreth and Ashtart, these are the Old Testament names of the woman who started these weird cult kind of early pole dancing, stripper dancing uh -huh. type. All kinds of nasty, weird stuff came from this. Right. And Baal, of course. Every... Isn't that the Ashtoreth poles? 
Yes, there were so many forms of worship related to Ashtaroth and Baal in the Old Testament that were absolutely prohibited from ever participating in as the people of God. Before and after Jesus, we are prohibited from ever having anything to do with that worship. Right. Okay, so... Obviously, if she got pregnant, I'm not going to believe that this was a, a virgin birth <laughs> right, divine right, thing. Right. But that's what she claimed. So Baal, through his rays of sun, impregnates Samaramis. Now, Samaramis, also known as Ishtar and all these other names, she bears this son, and his name is Tammuz. Okay. Now, um, between the time of the impregnation of her and the birth of Tammuz, she positions herself as the queen of heaven. Now, her, her origin story is this. The moon came to earth as an egg and birthed her out of this egg thing. So she now is claiming she no longer has an earthly mother and father. She is the queen of heaven. The queen of heaven is mentioned in Jeremiah seven and 44. Okay. So if you're following the story so far, just as a quick recap, Samaramis, according to her own legend, did not have an earthly mother and father. She gets birthed through this moon or the moon goddess. And from this, has a baby, marries the baby, has a baby with the guy who died, and now has another baby, Tammuz. Oh. And according to some legends later on, she, of course, marries her own son it's again. It's like Greek mythology all over. It's crazy. Where do you think Greek mythology <laughs> came, came from? from. It came from the Babylonian cult. Wow. And all of this Babylonian cult gave roots to the Greco-Roman pantheon, which I know I'm going to offend some people when I say this, but it gave roots to a lot of what we do in Christianity today that we don't even recognize as pagan. Right. Right. And the Catholic Church did quite a lot to support that in that movement. At some point early on in the Catholic, Roman Catholic church Mm -hmm. when they uh saw that easter was kind of competing with the passover which was what the earliest christians did right now i'm not going to get into which pope did it and why they did it and all that stuff is a history lesson for a different episode but they basically said you if you are a christian or catholic uh you will worship on Easter, you will worship the way we do on Easter, which was the pagan root holiday at the time. And they mm-hmm. said, if you don't, you are anathema. That is a word in the Roman Catholic councils that means excommunicated. Oh, oh wow. Wow. So you would be excommunicated. So you, you uh, Yes. Cho- yeah. You didn't because that was the holy yeah. thing the Catholic hierarchy said. Back to Easter. Okay. So... You've got this Greek tragedy kind of thing. And as I was going to say, when we started talking about Greek tragedy, Samaramis in certain versions of the stories also marries Tammuz. So get this, Tammuz is her son husband's son. So it's also her own grandson. Weird, right? Wow. This is the the story that Easter (laughs) came from. Now, we get into... Our modern understanding of Easter, what do we do? We, 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 we color eggs. Yeah. Yeah. We scatter them in the field. We go hunt for them. We do yeah. all of these things that they were doing that were absolutely a worshipful practice of this original pagan cult idea. Oh. That's insane. Oh. Ishtar, who came from the egg, therefore decides that on the day of the weeping of Tammuz, Tammuz gets a little bit older. He becomes a hunter. He is killed by a wild boar in the field. And 
she declares a national Queen of Heaven Day where we are all going to weep in memory of Tammuz. It's a commemoration of the savior child of Babylon who was immaculately conceived by the sun god. A blatant demonization preceding the the birth of Christ. Now, some people will say, well, how how on earth would they have known to mimic such a thing? The spirit of Lucifer was alive and well on the earth. Oh, absolutely. And he was up there with God, and he knew what God's intent and plan was in the case of the progressive redemptive Uh, plan. So, of course, he can inspire this thing so that later, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years later, the Christian church will not even recognize recognize that what we are doing is worshiping that original thing. Goodness. So the hiding of the Easter eggs comes from this. If you wanted to have a plentiful harvest, and this is all related to the worship of the spring equinox, and we don't have time to get into what the difference was between the spring equinox and all these other equinox dates and special dates. Mm -hmm. But basically they believed certain powers were alive and well on the earth in those days that would bless the harvest and so on. She says to her people, if you want to be blessed and bring in a good harvest from your fields, then you have to take an Ishtar egg, an Easter egg, an egg that is a nod back to the moon egg she descended in and paint it in the blood of a a sacrificed infant. Here's how it went. Every year on the weeping of Tammuz, there was an orgiastic worship fest. Mm -hmm. The women would come in and give their bodies over to the priests of that holiday. They were ritualistically impregnated. Some women, I mean, according to some legends, it was an honor to be the one that was impregnated. Other legends say that they were raped. And to be honest, it was probably both. Probably Um, both. (laughs) But these women were impregnated, whether they liked it or not. They were made to lay there and take whatever the priest had to give to them because there was this orgiastic worship that was a nod back to, again, the divine impregnation through the spirit of Samaramis. This child that was conceived on the weeping of Tammuz would be born around or on December 25th, which is our culture's current understanding. And that's probably a whole nother story, (laughs) right? That is another (laughs) Another episode (laughs) or a couple. (laughs) Jesus's birth. I cannot say this to you enough. (laughs) Nowhere is there any good evidence to say that Jesus's birthday has anything to do with Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So exactly. The Easter egg is the symbol of Ishtar's fertility her power of fertility over the land. And this is all very orgiastic and sexual. If you took an Easter egg, you had to dye it or color it in the blood of this infant that was sacrificed uh, on the weeping of Tammuz day. So we're talking about a baby that's approximately three months old by now that was born around or on December 25th now becomes the following year, the sacrifice for the egg and the blood was washed over the egg. Now I'll tell you that there are other legends that get so much grosser than that involving all kinds of weird birth canal things. And I can't get into it, but the bottom line is these eggs were colored uh, with the blood of the innocent. Yeah. Mm. And by the way, if you know your pantheon here Baal and Moloch intertwine all over the place and Moloch was the god of child sacrifice Mm -hmm. so this is all very Uh, well connected yeah Yeah. they take the colored egg now this is the symbol of fertility they take it into their field and they lay it in the field so that it will mark their territory for Ishtar's fertility blessing on their harvest okay now the reason why we dye them we hide them and all of this 
because they believed, again, there were evil spirits at the time that could steal the eggs and therefore steal their plentiful, bountiful harvest. They believed that the wild animals could take them away. So you hid the eggs in your field in order to maintain their presence there overnight for the big festival and everything else. Make sure the blessing was actually there. Right. And of course... As for going and finding the eggs, that is, again, where you get into 10 different legends and everybody has their own ideas. But basically, you go find it, make sure that Ishtar's blessing remained there all night safely, and now you've got her blessing. This is where hunting Easter eggs comes from. Now, on the day of the weeping of Tammuz, uh, in in honor of Tammuz, Samaramis, and and everybody else, the bunny had become a really important animal for many reasons. First of all, the bunny was very well known as a symbol of fertility in the ancient world because everybody's heard, you know, they, they reproduce like bunnies. Multiplied yeah, like they rabbits. multiplied like rabbits. Right. Yeah. It, it was a symbol of fertility, but also Tammuz was obsessed with this animal. And one particular legend even goes as far as to say that through the power of Samaramis, there was at one point in history, for many different reasons, depending on who you're asking, a bunny who laid eggs oh. for that culture. Oh, my goodness. Huh? So this is where the bunny comes from. On the weeping of Tammuz, they did something that was so far pre-communion, and this is very demonic, but they would bake little Tammuz cakes. Mm. And the cakes had a cross in them as a nod back to Tammuz. And the people would make this symbol. If you're listening at home, instead of watching, I'm making a cross with my fingers on my forehead. That was, again, a nod to Tammuz. So the T-shape became a nod constantly to Tammuz. The cross was already being demonically devised into this early Babylonic cult. So later on, these little cakes that they would bake, they ate it. And this was a remembrance back to Tammuz. But later on, we continued that practice. And it's what we recognize today as hot cross buns. Mm. Mm. That's insane because I remember making hot cross buns with my mom. That's why. I never knew that. There's so much about this that none of us have known. I know. Can we just say like mic drop? (laughs) (laughs) Mind blown right now. I just received an advertisement from I won't say what company, but it had like little you know, seasonal cards mm-hmm. with a little Easter bunny on the front. I mean, as that's their, and this was a Christian company. And I'm like, yeah. I sent it to Sharice. And I said, ooh, looky here, what we just learned. I know. James 3.1 says that teachers and preachers of the word are going to be held to a higher standard mm-hmm. for what they lead their sheep to participate in. Yeah. Right. Now listen, if a person didn't know any of this and they just looked at how Christians celebrate Easter, Even a completely secular-minded person, they know Jesus came, he died, they don't even believe in him, whatever. They're going to look at Easter Sunday and go, what's with the eggs and the bunnies and the chocolate and the the hot cross bun and the ham? By the way, the ham, again, that is remembering the wild boar that Mm -hmm. killed Tammuz. Everything we do, Mm -hmm. Easter, the sunrise service. That was, you know, that was the sunrise was the power of the God on that day, Baal. The sunrise service even has its roots in this system. This whole entire thing is a mystery to the world. Nobody seems to understand why we do what we do. We just keep well, doing to it. To me, sunrise service to me has always represented to me the resurrection of Christ. So to yeah, have that right. connection to what you said, that blows my mind away. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what to do with that information. Exactly. Well, the teachers and the preachers that are being held to a higher standard need to ask themselves this question. Now, listen, when I first heard all of this, I still continued to celebrate Easter for a year or two because <laughs> I heard it. And what went in my brain thought, huh? Well, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not worshiping Ishtar. So yeah. pff, whatever, I'm going to go on with right. my life. And it ate at me and it ate at me. Hmm. And I started to dig a little bit into scripture. And I ran across some verses here that I'm going to read that are very pertinent to this particular subject. In Exodus 32, 5, after the Israelites built the golden calf, okay, mm -hmm. Aaron says, tomorrow shall be a feast to the Lord, to Jehovah is who he's talking about. And the result of that was the death of 3,000 men in a day. Remember, mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. hated that celebration. Yeah. Right? In Jeremiah 10, 2, we have learned not the way of the heathen in context that was worshiping like the pagans. In Deuteronomy 12, 29 through 32, we see the prohibition. It prohibits having the attitude that says, how did these nations serve their gods and let me do so as well? And then in verse 31, it specifically says, you must not worship the Lord your God the way the other nations worship their gods. Yeah. In Judges 2, 11 through 23, people did evil in the sight of the Lord. What were they doing? They were worshiping Baal and Ashtoreth wow. specifically. Mm. And the Bible says his anger burned against them and he gave them over to their enemies. Wow. I'm sitting here wow. and I'm reading all of this and I'm thinking, Lord, whether it's in our hearts or not. Right. Yeah. Certainly many of them were going against God on purpose. They knew better and they did it anyway. But there were, of course, children in Israel that didn't know. And right. everybody was growing up in this idea that, you know, mom and dad and rabbi so-and-so right. says that this is okay. Not everybody was doing the Ishtar Baal thing in their heart. Right. But yeah. God still hated right. that form of worship and he condemned it yeah. over yeah. and over and over again. So if I say... I'm not worshiping Ishtar, but I'm going to go attend uh, Easter Sunday at my church and do it anyway. What, what does the Lord make of that? That service that I'm giving him on that day when my kids go out and get the Easter eggs. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes on to say, because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you, you from yeah. being my priests. There are many Bible verses that yeah. say, what you did in ignorance still mattered. Yeah. You're not, it's not just all washed away because you didn't know at the time. You still need to repent. But listen to this. Having overlooked the time of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. First Peter 1.14. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance. Mm -hmm. These verses mean now that you know, stop. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? right. And then, of course, Psalm 73.22, which was written even before the time of Christ, says that ignorance is like being a beast standing before God. What you did when you didn't know, I'm sure there is forgiveness. Repent of it. Of Say, course. God, I didn't know. I'll never do it again. And then don't do it again. Right. That's right. all there is to it. Boom. Forgiven in an instant. But if you continue, you've got to look at what you're doing on Easter morning. And I'm talking mostly to the preachers and teachers here who lead their congregations into mm -hmm. this form of worship. You've got to ask yourself, is there any Bible verse that says you got to do Easter the way we do it? No. Is yeah. there any Bible verse that condemns it? Lots. So what are you doing? Um, well, and when we were talking about this and doing some of the research, I had even asked 
you, I'm like, Donna, did in your schooling to become a minister, did they ever tell you any right. of this? And why are the Bible colleges not teaching this? Oh, exactly. Why is it so hidden? Yeah. yeah. And we and, even talked to Miss Nita, you know, because of Tom. And yeah. Tom, not. Yeah. Nothing. Mm -mm. And nobody knows Everybody. this. And that just yeah. blows my mind that so many people don't even know. So we've been doing Skip over the top of all of these it traditions forever. Yeah. And we have done it in ignorance because nobody has told us otherwise or has changed it or found out and said, hey, you know what? I'm going to start basically a revolution to say, hey, this is wrong. We have to switch our traditions around. And I know since you have found out some of this, we have switched some of our traditions. We don't celebrate Easter anymore. It's Resurrection Sunday. Yes, we celebrate the resurrection of Christ mm -hmm. instead of Easter. Um, we do have to take a really quick break. We'll be right back. Are you one of those girls that struggle trying to find the right clothes to wear? Or maybe you're still grappling to achieve that perfect makeup look that suits your style? will blossom into a new you this spring season with the Simply His Spring Bundle and receive Candace Cameron Burr's book, Staying Stylish. Discover new ideas to elevate your personal style and closet without breaking the bank. Insider secrets for gorgeous skin, hair, and makeup with easy to follow tutorials. Find on-the-go strategies for staying fit and eating well and personal inspiration for nurturing your faith and finding balance. Plus, so much more. Start that spring cleaning with a boost from our fairly traded, certified organic, lightly roasted Island Girl Coffee. This Costa Rican coffee was named by our wonderful Simply His host, Catherine, who says one sip of this coffee has her stepping back in time to her childhood growing up on the islands as a missionary kid. Also included in this package is another one of our host's favorite picks, our Simply His ceramic mug in a beautiful spring shade of purple. And lastly, enjoy a warm spring day with the new Simply His Southern Peach Tea. This fully organic, herbicide and pesticide free loose leaf tea is a refreshing cup of happiness and is sure to have you relaxing while you watch those gorgeous gardens grow. The Simply His Spring Bundle is available now with a retail value of over $50. Yours now for only $40 plus shipping and handling? Get yours today at skywatchtvstore.com or call 844-750-4985. Don't miss out. Simply His Coffee Shop. We are having an incredible discussion on Easter and where Satan has tried to hijack the Resurrection yeah. Sunday and, mm -hmm. and combined it with Easter. Um, and we want to make sure that you have the information that you need to make an informed decision on if you want to focus on Easter or if you want to focus on the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Yeah. Now, Donna, let me ask you something. You're not necessarily saying to, to pastors and, and preachers and teachers out there that, that, you're, that you're condemned because you're doing this at your church and, you know, because a lot of them are going to say, well, this is a big outreach for mm -hmm. us, we, for the community. That's not what you're saying at all, is it? That's not what I'm hearing. 
I think that one of the worst things that a person can do with the information highlighted on this episode is march in and start blistering their pastor yeah. for what they do every Easter right. Sunday. Because mm -hmm. that, that is from the wrong spirit. Sure, for sure. Absolutely. I do believe. Absolutely. That, now listen, there's Romans 14, 23, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Mm -hmm. In modern context and in modern language, going against the Holy Spirit consciousness yeah. mm -hmm. or your conscience as it is equipped by the Holy Spirit is a sin. If you've listened to this episode and you are saying, I don't feel like reenacting the pagan worship ritual to Ishtar and Baal mm. is yeah. supposed to happen on God's property yeah. and yet you do it anyway. Mm. That is a sin. Yeah. Wow. And only the preachers, teachers, and the people who participate in this from a leadership perspective will be able to answer that question. I personally do interpret it as a sin, but of course I do everything I do without the spirit of condemnation. Yeah. I yeah. myself went a couple of years right still sure. carrying this out because i just thought that's the craziest thing i've ever heard i'm right? not worshiping no, exactly. it's an egg right but then yeah. <laughs> you got convicted it, it slowly began to eat away at me i cannot continue to take my children yeah. to a worship ritual to ishtar and Baal. yeah, yeah. and because yeah. that's what Maybe all the churches effort. are doing yeah. we had to come up with some alternative ideas which aren't we going to talk about that next week yes next week we'll be focusing more on some ideas that we can come up with on like um, an alternative yes okay. alternatives and different ideas um, on what what we can do in place of Easter and more focus on resurrection. Because yeah. I know growing up too in church, we did do the sunrise services. But again, like you were saying, it, it the sunrise service had more to do with remembering that the women went to the, yeah, the tomb. Yeah. And because they went Early. first thing in Early. the morning as the sun rose, yes. they went to the tomb and yes. it was empty. Yes. So for, for me, I'm like, well... Can we still do the sunrise service? Because when in my head, I'm thinking if I'm doing the sunrise right. service, I'm doing it because I'm looking at the empty tomb right. and what that meant. So there's there's a lot of different things that you can do right. as far as celebrating resurrection. Maybe call it Resurrection Sunday instead of Easter Sunday now. And, and again, we'll talk about a whole bunch of this stuff next week. Yeah, for yeah. sure. On the sunrise service, a comment that uh, come to mind as you were talking is that back when we used to do this, we always spelled it S-O-N. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The Son of God rose. Yes, right, exactly. Service. Yeah. And I remember that we spent those moments out there celebrating mm -hmm. our redemption through his sacrifice. Absolutely. I mean, those were some of the most precious memories a person can have is when they are getting up before the sun is up, mm -hmm. and the chickens haven't woke up yet. <laughs> right? yeah. They're cold because it's not usually that very warm. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You've got your coat on and your boots, and you're out there, and you're freezing. But then the sun comes up, and then that is the very moment when you realize that the Christ that died and bled for us yes. is no longer there. He's not there. Yeah. He is Amen. not in the grave. Yeah. He Yay. is not in there. <laughs> That's what sunrise is to me. Absolutely. You're giving yes. me goosebumps, Nita. <laughs> well, good. Growing up as an island kid, though, we never had the coldness. We just, it was hot no matter what. <laughs> so while we're freezing, you're over here sweating. Yes. Yes, we had sundresses for a reason. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much for joining us today. Did you guys learn some interesting facts on Easter? <laughs>
Mind blown. So please join us next week as we continue the discussion and talk about some alternative ideas on what you and your family can do in place of traditional Eastern norms. We'll see you next time in the Mm -hmm. Simply His Coffee Shop. Woo!